The views and opinions expressed during I and the Triangle do not represent WKNC or the student media. Your dial is currently tuned to I and the Triangle at WKNC 88.1. Thanks for listening. Good afternoon, Raleigh, and welcome to this week's Eye in the Triangle, a student-run, student-scripted, and student-produced news show on 88.1 WKNC HD1 Raleigh. I'm Aaron Kling. On tonight's episode of Eye in the Triangle, we have an interview with Daryl Harris, a firefighter turned healthcare professional who has begun a sanitation service to address the presence of infectious diseases in public trash cans. Daryl takes the streets in his custom-built trucks, lifting, inverting, and hosing down trash can interiors and exteriors with 200-degree jets of heated water. Afterwards, our contributor, Brandon Phillips, headed down to 321 Coffee to interview Lindsay Reg, Michael Evans, and Liam Dow for 321 Coffee. It's a student-founded nonprofit that employs individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Brandon and co. discuss the founding of 321, its future, and its first day. It's getting colder outside, so pull up a chair and listen to this week's Eye on the Triangle. I'm Aaron Kling with WKNC 88.1 Eye on the Triangle, and I'm here with Daryl Harris, the founder of Trash Can Cleaning USA. Now, Daryl, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for giving me a chance to talk to you and talk to your audience. Hey, always happy to have somebody on board. Now, I've heard you're doing some volunteer work for the community. You want to fill us in on that? Yeah, so what we're doing with the school districts, and we're trying to tackle all school districts from Wake County to Durham County, Chatham County. What we're doing is trying to get these school districts to understand that the, the green initiative that we're bringing towards us, is it starts at home. And if it starts at home, it needs to go to schools. It needs to go to the workplaces. Now, what we do is my business cleans trash and recycle cans. Millions of diseases and bacteria on these trash and recycle cans. Even after sanitation comes and empty that, we think that it's clean uh, or not clean enough, but we can touch it again, which you really can't because it's a lot of stuff that still lingers in the trash and recycle can. Kind of in a biofilm still on the inside of the trash can? Yes, in and around the trash can. Wherever you touch that trash can, what happens is that we bring bacteria and stuff back to our kids and we bring it back home. We want to go to the schools, elementary, junior high, and high schools. We want to go to these schools, and and we're starting in Wake County. And like I said, we're going to all the counties, and we're going to pick three schools out of each county. And we want the school districts to get involved. We want the city to get involved, each city. Um, We want them to get involved because of what's you know, what is seen on these trash cans. And we're going to start cleaning the trash cans at the schools, recyclable cans. We're going to clean them. And once we clean them, they understand that a lot of that bacteria 
is gone, and kids don't have they don't have to touch that stuff anymore. Also, we got trucks that clean the dumpsters back there. So each school has maybe five dumpsters, and in Wake County alone, there's 194 schools, and all that stuff just lingers out there until the trash people come to clean that stuff. Well, what we're gonna do is be able to those dumpsters are clean those dumpsters and clean the pad around those dumpsters, set it down, and we can do that at least twice a week or once a month. Uh, and this here will be better for the kids, even the trash and recycle cans that are inside the school that they dump out, we're able to clean that stuff. So we want to show the schools and the school districts and the city that everything starts at home and we need to, from home, it needs to go to the schools and needs to go to the workplace, that we can clean them and start our real green initiative here in the Triangle. What kind of diseases have you seen in these trash cans? We see a lot of nasty things in the trash cans. And even the World Health Organization states that improper disposable and non-cleaning of trash cans can cause parasitic infections, lung infections, skin infections, hepatitis B and C, meningitis, bacteria like listeria, E. coli, salmonella, and malaria. All of this can cause skin diseases and respiratory failures, uh, even heart failure. And me, as the owner, I worked at Duke University Hospital as a respiratory therapist. And the, what I see in there with heart and lung transplants, all of this stuff starts at home and how we keep ourselves healthy and having a trash and recycle can that is nasty and we're not even thinking about it because we grab those trash cans and then we'll go hug the babies, you know, or go take care of the elderly and not even think about it that we just did that. Not we doing on, we're not doing it on purpose, but we're not thinking about what is the nastiest part of our house. And that's those trash and recycle cans right there. So everything that we do, we know the green initiative starts at home and we want people to start thinking that the green initiative starts at home. You mentioned a green initiative. How do you square a green initiative with keeping everyone kind of safe and healthy? Is it kind of a double objective that you have? First of all, we start with the water conservation and the local environment, state and local federal uh, federalizations, the EPA. With our trucks alone, what we do and with one trash can, what happens is we will use less water in the 12 months of cleaning those trash cans than you will do it one time. And all that runoff that you use will go into the gutters, that go into your drain system, that all the bacteria and debris, that goes out to the ocean. What our trucks have is a what we call a hopper that separates the debris and water. The water goes inside the truck, so there's no runoff back onto the streets. Mm-hmm. Everything stays inside the truck. That truck has a recyclable system that drains all this water and goes back into our truck that we can continue to use this water. So water conservation, we don't use, we don't, everything that we have goes back into that truck. And then once at the end of the day that we're cleaning, we take it to a water treatment facility and have that water dumped. And this is a beautiful thing. So now we can, we can do a whole neighborhood of cleaning trash cans and not use water. So water conservation for us is, I mean, this is a, it's a great thing. And you have no issues with evaporation? No issues. No issue. Everything we do is 100% green initiative. Everything is water. Everything is hot water that we put off in there. Um, Sometimes you have these hard, sticky things, 
and the we do have a material that we use for that, but it's all degradable and it's all green. So I'm gonna tell you right now, I have over 300 healthcare professionals that have my service, over 300, and because they know and understand where the green initiative starts. It starts at home first. So they know that, hey, let me get that done, and I don't have to have these issues because it starts at home. And they love it. They love the service. Anybody that gets it, they want to keep the service. Sometimes they get mad because something, something happens with the uh, our system sometimes. <laughs> so many people sign up for the service. You know, they're like, Daryl, you ain't come by this month. So oh, we had to switch things around because something happened. But they love my service, honestly. And I want the I want homeowners to love the service. I want the cities to love the service. Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, Cary, Apex, Wake Forest. I want I want it to start here. Once it starts here, every other city will start picking this up, and we can move it across the nation. But this here first starts in the triangle. When I saw your video example of how you actually clean garbage cans, it was really different than what I was used to with the trash pickup that I've seen at my house. How did you get the idea for this truck? So what happened is I have I have a builder that actually makes this, these trucks for me, and it's, it's actually two of them, one in Arizona and uh, one in Miami. And they, they help come up with the design to help this thing move along, move along to make these trucks self-contained. And, I mean, it's little work that I do. Everything is done by the truck. These trucks have arms that pick up the trash can, just like your sanitation trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it picks it up, and there's a 360 head that, once it picks it up, it puts it on these 360 heads that at 200 degrees, it's killing this bacteria. It's killing it, and once it sits, comes back down, that whole trash can is, is cleaned up with hot water. So it kills that. We have a biodegradable scent and that we put off in there that makes the trash can fresh again. But it cleans the whole trash can side, inside and out. And also, I spray it on the outside, taking off some of that bacteria and that's the bacteria. Everything is less than 30 seconds. You seem to be using a pressure washer, yeah? Yeah, I have a pressure washer that I clean on the outside, which is still at 200 degrees that I'm killing that bacteria. You might have dirt and stuff that's on your trash, on your wheels, on the outside that I just clean off that bottom part of the, the trash can. So, you know, you have a nice fresh trash can every month. Why have other sanitation services not addressed this aspect of cleaning up garbage? I'm not sure. And like I said, I, I've been tackling this issue. I've been going to the cities. Like I went to the city of Durham sanitation has to start with the city managers, the city managers of Raleigh, the city manager of, of Durham, Apex, Chapel Hill, Wake Forest. I sent them information on this. I sent them information to get in there and hey, this here should be on a regular basis. If you if they really talking about a green initiative and really want to bring it to the house, I stop talking about it. Let's do it. So you're doing your best to bring the change you want to see to the world. I am. And uh, again, I'm a respiratory therapist, so I still help people in the hospital, and I'm still bringing that change. Uh, Fifteen years ago, I was a firefighter in Raleigh. So seeing that initiative, my job is to help. Uh, I've grown up in that, <laughs> that type of business to help people, and this is another way to do it. Now, how did your time as a firefighter, how did your time as a healthcare professional inform what you're doing now? Well, again, as a firefighter, we see and, I mean, we're in the nastiest 
part of the job. We go through burning buildings and nasty stuff out there that sometimes it gets in hell. We have breathing apparatuses that are on that for us to protect us. Yes, at flashpoint temperatures, a wood varnish, a fabric, anything can be aerosolized. Right. So all of this stuff is, is on top of us, even though we still have an apparatus with a mask on to help us with our breathing. It would catch you when you take the apparatus off and all the dust comes off. Yes. When we take them off, we still inhale and all that stuff. It's still going to our pores, regardless of what the suit can do. The suit is great, but nothing can stop this stuff from getting to our bodies. And even like he has a respiratory therapist at Duke University Hospital, we see what goes inside these people's bodies, man, and we want to be 100% protective of ourselves and protective of community and the people that we serve. Of course, of course. I think it's a wonderful initiative. But we really want to bring the initiative here to the Triangle. We really want to put the spotlight on North Carolina in the Triangle first before we move further out. I have other cities up uh, towards Charlotte and uh, Winston-Salem, Concord, all of these places up there that I am already talking to that that's looking to get this system put into effect into their, uh, their, their cities. So I got a lot of work to do, but I got people that's out there that's helping me. Now that this green initiative is starting, people starting to say, hey, Daryl, what can I do to help? What can I do to, to help you get this thing out there? Because people see it as a good thing. They really do. They see it as a good thing, and it needs to be on a regular basis. Like you get trash pickup. We want you to look at it as, hey, leave your trash can out because we're coming by to clean it. Leave it out because we're coming by to clean the dumpsters at your school. We'll do the cleaning for you. So you don't even think about your trash being clean because they come out, you, you sit your trash and recycle cans out there, they come out and clean it. You pull it back in. We want you to have that same feeling that that's what's going on when we come by and clean your trash and recycle can. Now, as a personal question, how'd you feel the first time you went out there in one of those trucks? Oh, I was a little scared. <laughs> I'm telling you now, I was a little scared because uh, the first time I went out, there was there was a skunk that was in the trash can, but he was dead. The family did not want to touch any anything of it. They did not want to touch that thing. We we got the skunk out. The skunk was dead. That trash can was nasty. I was feeling like, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to clean this trash can. <laughs> and I'm going to feel embarrassed about this truck sucks, right? But, no, we got that. We got it up there. We cleaned it. Uh, we freshened it up. And I'm telling you, the family was, for this day, and that happened in 2017. They're still customers with us today. They love the service. So they really love the service because it attracts, dirty trash can attracts, all type of little animals, man. They attract flies, maggots, just little nasty things, man, like ants, bees, roaches, rodents. All of that type of stuff comes when your trash and recycle cans are dirty. And people think, oh, I'm a, you know, some people have them on the outside, but some people have them on the inside. That stuff still attracts. It doesn't matter. They're coming. They're coming to the nastiest part of your house, and that's the trash and recycle cans. It's actually funny that you mentioned the skunk because, yeah, that was a, a pretty rough first day on the job for you certainly oh it was really ridiculous i and i i was scared i was really 
<laughs> but it's also a good example of the service that you do. You don't want to touch an animal that's been decomposing for X, Y, Z amount of days. Right, right. You you don't because it's just going to leave. It's it's just, I, you know, even with that, I don't even think they would want, they didn't even want to pull that trash can out. Finally, they did. It got emptied, but the the dead animals stayed inside. They stayed inside. It never, it never even left the dump truck. They, they came in and dumped it, but that stayed inside. And for some reason, I had just really started, and I was putting flyers out everywhere in, in the community. And one called me back. She was like, please, please, please come help me. Please come help me. And uh, they stayed outside and watched the whole thing happen. And, and I, once they did it, and it was refreshing because it's a it's a uh, biodegradable scent that goes off in the truck. One, it was a cherry scent. So <laughs> once they came and they smelled it, they was like, "Oh my god!" They were so happy. They, they couldn't believe it. But it was, you know, till till this day, I'm, you know, they they're still uh, one of my clients. I love it. I would like your listeners to come to TrashCanCleaningUSA.com. Go to TrashCanCleaningUSA.com. And get the service. The service is great. If you want to help with the green initiative and get these cities involved, give me a call, 919-205-2232. That's 919-205-2232. Or email me at Daryl, D-A-R-R-E-L-L, at TrashCanCleaningUSA.com. Give me a call, people. Let's make this happen. Fantastic. And that was Daryl Harris on Eye on the Triangle. Thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And I'm Aaron Kling with WKNC 88.1. Signing off. Have a good one, people. So I am sitting here with, I got to go in order again because of the order I met you guys, I can remember it better. Uh, Michael, Liam, and Lindsay from 321 Coffee. Uh, earlier in our On Air show, I said it was more of a coffee with a cause. So when does this actually, when did 321 Coffee actually start? Start. Yeah, so we started 321 Coffee about two years ago, actually as a student org on NC State's campus. And it's taken a lot of different shapes between then and now. So in the beginning, we sort of operated as a pop-up model, just reaching out to different events, serving coffee on folding tables. And now we're proud to be vendors at the NC State Farmer's Market. So that's who we are. The seed idea, where, where did that come from? Yeah, so 321 Coffee is a nonprofit coffee shop that's completely staffed by adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And the reason we started this was because adults with disabilities have a very difficult time of finding employment and in finding meaningful employment. Um, there's a statistic that says only 20% of adults with disabilities have jobs, and sometimes it's cleaning bathrooms, restocking shelves, stuff that's just not very fun or meaningful. And so that's what really prompted us to start this, allowing these adults to be active in the community and showing off what they can do. Cool. Um, good to know you guys a little bit better. Um, and we, we did the uh, like basic question earlier, but like, what's your, what's your major? Because they're all like very tied into this. Yeah. So I'm a junior on campus and I'm studying business entrepreneurship. I'm a sophomore and I'm uh, majoring in economics and minoring in statistics. And then I'm actually the reverse of Liam. So I'm a junior, but I'm studying statistics with a minor in econ. But so do you guys think that, like, what are your plans for it in the future? You said that you guys talked to us about two years ago and it was a lot different than it is now. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, like two years ago, we were just sort of an idea. We were reaching out to different organizations and events that was happening and just asking if we could sell coffee. 
Yeah. So like uh, Lindsay has mentioned, we're at the farmer's market now. We're a vendor there. And that's something that we see as uh, a future. But we also want to move into a storefront. Uh, so our goal is by June 2020 to have a brick and mortar storefront that we're operating out of, um, which would be awesome. And it would allow us to offer over 400 or about 400 percent more job, meaningful job opportunities for our, our employees, which would be awesome. This is a personal opinion show, so I can say this. Like, I think we need a better place to go than like Starbucks, because like, where's that money going? You know, it's like this. It's not really helping anybody. It's I mean, maybe helping like whoever the lead CEO of Starbucks is. But yeah. it's like we could we could actually the amount of coffee that we consume on this campus, <laughs> like that could be like a force of good almost to have that money going somewhere. Yeah, and that's something that we see as uh, something that we have an edge over other coffee shops is that we provide good coffee, but we also have that meaningful uh, cause. That's something that you know you can leave feeling good about yourself. Um, we have a lot of customers come in and say that they leave with a smile on their face and it really makes their day a lot better. And one thing that we're really looking at for this next step that we're taking is creating a space that can be a space for the community to have. Um, so one of the things that we see at the farmer's market is that it's great that we're able to be there and serving coffee, but we don't have like any seating there or anything like that. So it's hard for it to be a community space. Um, and so that's like our top priority in looking at moving into a storefront is we want a space that's able to cater to the community and be a place where people can come and hang out and get to know each other and just spend time and be with one another. As soon as, soon as this came across, 321 Coffee, I was like, okay, I love coffee. And I started looking this up and I was like, this is really, this is really something we need. Like you say, like a community space. Um, I mean, just, you know, location, Hillsborough Street. Like we don't, we don't really have anywhere that like everybody who goes to Starbucks is like grab and go, you know, it's like, there's no sense of community with something like that. And that's exactly like what we've said is like, we, we aren't necessarily grab and go, right? We want to like get to know people that come and visit us. Um, that's really something that like we value. And so that's something that we really want to hope to create when making this next step to a storefront. Like Michael said, our whole goal is community forming, like maybe a place for you to study with your friends while you grab a cup of coffee and support a meaningful cause. What kind of coffee do you guys have? So we work with Oak City Roasters, which is a local roaster based out of Garner. Um, he does a lot of like small batch production. So what we're getting is really fresh every single week. Uh, we use a medium roast, and our beans come from Guatemala and Colombia. Nice. I know, like, a lot of the people, by virtue of this show, uh, would be local, and they're into the local thing. Like, we cover events. Mostly I cover food, and you know. But I think keeping all of this local, uh, like, it just it builds it so much that I know this is going to go somewhere. Just from the local roasters, like, the local, like, you guys are state students, and you made it. Um, and then everybody who works there, like, that caused... I don't I don't see it not, you know, blowing up around here. Thank you. And that's been something that like we've completely tried to prioritize, like from the start is like we try to always support the local people when we can. So, like, for example, um, obviously, like being a coffee shop, we use a lot of milk. So we buy our milk from the vendor a couple stalls down from us at the farmer's market that is a dairy company and sells milk. Um, we try to like do that wherever we can. Like we try to not cut corners in terms of like making a good impact. Um, we use all compostable products and whatnot. So we're really trying to do everything right when we can. Um, so one of our employees' moms owns uh, Lily's Sweet Shops, and she actually donates cake pops to us every week. Uh, let me tell you, they're delicious. <laughs> like the bomb. They're amazing. <laughs> That's so cool. Like, it's just, where do you think, what do you think would be, I mean, apart from state, because I keep saying Hillsborough Street, where do you, what else do you think would be a really good spot for it? 
maybe downtown? Yeah, I don't think we're necessarily tied to one specific region. We've been looking downtown somewhat a little bit more on the outskirts just because parking's a little easier. Um, we've talked about Hillsborough Street. We've talked about, you know, other parts of Raleigh, like the North Raleigh area. So right now we're actually working with some different realtors and just kind of scoping out what opportunities are out there and where would it make sense for us to be. We're hopeful, though, that because, like, we want to become a destination that we can in a perfect world, um, draw a crowd wherever we end up. And our goal is to find somewhere where it's not super hustle bustle because we're not a grab and go type coffee shop. We're, we're more of a community coffee shop. So that kind of factors into where we look for our location. So we don't want to be like right in the middle of where like all the businesses are and where they have to like come and go really fast. Um, just cause we don't know if that would like really, really brew that, um, community aspect. So that's, that factors into where we look as well. So as far as like, when I go to a coffee shop, the first thing that I do, especially if it's new, I just look to see what kind of like unique drinks that they have. Like, do you guys have like different recipes or just like besides like pumpkin spice lattes? <laughs> now we keep things pretty simple. Um, so we've got like one size cup, one type bean, like type of bean, one roast. Um, and then we hope that, you know, what makes us unique is not necessarily like the hundreds of different flavorings that we can add, but just like that, the experience that you get when you come to 321 Coffee. With um, with it being right there at the farmer's market though, like, I don't know, like you guys, um, you got this stuff so like, like I said, I don't know how the, it won't blow up. Like being at the farmer's market, the type of community that you're making, the type of products that you use. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's something that we've seen that's been like really cool is that sort of like Lindsay was talking about earlier, like it, it sort of grew faster than we thought it would. Um, and a lot of that was just like thanks to the fact that like the community did support it so much. Um, we started off like doing the pop-up events and we would set up um, plastic folding tables at different places with percolators. And then like we got enough support behind that that we were able to move to the farmer's market and serve outside. So we would set up on plastic folding tables there and serve on the weekends, which was it was difficult, but it it got us out there um, and it helped people see us. So. That was like another big step for us was getting that exposure. And then again, more people supporting us helped us move inside at the farmer's market and set up a more substantial stall where we have a real espresso machine and all that sort of stuff. I think it's been cool, like seeing the community, like Michael said, seeing the community support it, sort of however people can. So like we'll have people say, oh, I'm a commercial realtor. Like when you're ready, come talk to me and I will help you however I can. And then we've got people who say, oh, I'm an art teacher. Like if you ever need a mural painted, I would be happy to. Um, and it's nice to just see like what can be created when people come together and offer what they can and support a cause. Yeah, I think it brings out the good in people because everybody, I mean, I think it's what, like two out of three Americans or something drink coffee. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> multiple cups too. <laughs> that is in my case, sometimes multiple pots. <laughs> but uh yeah, at my house, we used to just measure by the pot. <laughs> and it's just like, well, I don't want to be presumptuous of you guys, but you guys seem like really humble people. So I'm going to say this for you. Like, I think the success that you've seen, is just like you guys have your stuff together. Like you guys are like all this stuff. is just like such an intelligent move. Everything that you guys are doing, you know, like I had Cheerios for dinner last night. <laughs> and these guys are like making a difference out there. We're happy to have you guys. And you guys are state students, too. That's what's incredible. Well, I think it's been really cool to see how we've been able to use that community to help grow this. So 
Like when we got started in that inside spot of the farmer's market, that space was designed by an NC State student in an architecture. And then it was built by my freshman year roommate who is in construction. Um, So it was really cool to like see like all those different pieces come together and sort of engage people like around the university and making that a reality. Well, fact, Sean, what was the what's the motto like? Strength of the pack is in the wolf or whatever. And the strength of the wolf is the pack. Yeah, what they taught us at orientation. But yeah, I think it's true. I think we can believe in that. Uh, We are out of time, though, sadly. So I must bid you guys adieu. And not this weekend, but next weekend for sure, me and Jack are going to be up there. You'll see us and we're going to get some coffee. That'll be awesome. awesome. I can't wait. Uh, Thanks for being in here. Thanks for having us. And (laughs) I'm hoping to see you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. That's all for I in the Trial tonight. Hope everybody enjoyed themselves as much as I did. Let's wrap this one up. Thank you to our live audience who has tuned in to hear our sets. It means a lot to us all here, and we're always happy to hear from you as well. That's right. If you have any burning questions or powerful opinions, hit us up at publicaffairs at wknc.org. We are also accepting applicants if you'd like to become a part of the I in the Triangle team. And be sure to check out our blog at wknc-eot.tumblr.com. Our intro music tonight was Safe Sax by Texas Radio Fish. Copyright 2019, licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 3.0 license. Stay tuned for your usual programming of amazing indie music, and we'll see you all again next time.